Your niche doesn't have to be your service. Hello guys, welcome to this YouTube channel and on the freelance podcast today, we have an amazing guest and you know how we say it, who is on the spotlight today. Today we have an editor of the freelance magazine and a freelancer herself. She's a marketer and um, social media strategist. We have Sophie in the house. Okay, you can see the freelancer magazine with her. So Sophie, you're welcome to the freelance spotlights. Thank you very much for having me Sunday. Okay, so straight up to the first question for you. Could you share any memorable story or experience from your journey as a professional in this freelance industry? Yep, sure. I mean, I've had quite a varied journey. I've been freelancing nearly 10 years. I started as a travel and hospitality marketer, decided to set up the Go Freelancing because I'd always wanted my own business. So I thought it was a good way to start working for myself. And yeah, my first clients I took on were mainly ex-employers or people I'd worked with or contacts I'd made through that. So I was doing a lot of social media, copywriting and marketing strategy for clients. And then about two years ago, I decided to set up Freelancer Magazine because I'd lost a lot of work, to, like a lot of clients to the pandemic. Yeah, I had the idea to set up Freelancer Magazine and I was kind of interested in a bit of productization for my business. Oh, amazing, amazing. I, I came across your profile through, I think, Mel. She's one of the editors in the freelance magazine. I think that was how I connected with you. And um, I saw the freelancer magazine. I think it's an amazing work that most freelancers should check out. There is always a new edition every now and then. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. What are your thoughts on freelancer specializing? That is like some freelancers believe that you should pick just one particular niche and then and focus on that then some freelancers have more of the generalist approach that if you have more than one skill maybe you have three four five skills that you can present the four five skills under a single umbrella which of the approaches do you find more effective I'm definitely pro niche. I think that it just makes everything a bit easier for you. It makes it easier to stand out. It makes it easier to market yourself. It makes it easier to know where you want to do your own learning and development. I think if you spread yourself too thinly, that can become a bit tricky. And I don't think, you know, your niche doesn't have to be your service. You know, it could be an industry. So you could offer several services, but just focus on one industry. Or you could have a, a really distinctive style. So I know, for instance, there's photographers that use you know really bright colors and they only use really bright colors or you know Mel is a good example of somebody who always writes with humor so she really stands out because she writes with humor so I think it's important to pick a niche whether that be your service the target market or your style because it's going to help you stand out from other people Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. Um, so you can be a video editor. Okay. So I know somebody who actually edits videos for funeral videos, memorial videos, things that are connected with funeral. He doesn't do corporate video editing, you know, like, so I love it when you mentioned that niching down does not have to do only with services too. You can niche down to a particular industry. Probably you are serving B2B companies or some freelancers work with B2B companies, things like that. Okay, so let's move on to the next question. Can you share your past journey as a freelancer and how you transitioned into the role of a publisher and editor of Freelancer Magazine? Yeah, sure. I mean, as I mentioned briefly, I was interested in productization anyway. So the idea that 
you didn't have to sell your services one for one. So you can, you know, if you're if you're only selling services as a freelancer, it's quite difficult to not just kind of work for one hour and get paid for one hour. But obviously, if you set up a course or a resource or something else, another product that you charge for, that's going to be scalable income. I was interested in the idea of that. So that was kind of toy. I was toying with the idea and I started setting up online courses to help freelancers market themselves. And off the back of that, the idea for the magazine came just because I was spending so much time in freelance communities online that I realized there wasn't a magazine out there. So um, I had a bit of experience already We'd, we'd me and the designer, Angela Lyons, she we'd worked together on a magazine that we used to produce for a hotel company. So we knew we could make a magazine. Um, so yeah, it was just whether we could, you know, launch it into the freelance market, which has gone quite well so far. Wow, that's amazing. So I see two things. One, your quest to create value for freelancers. That means you're willing to give value to freelancers across the world that you already have in your cycle. Then number two, you're trying to move from having active income and passive income or moving fully to passive income. So I think that is an amazing thing. So we don't have to work all the days of our lives to make money. Like So at some point, money should start working for us and some of the works we have done previously should keep... <laughs> should keep funding us, should keep um, working for us. So I think that's an amazing thing as a freelancer and when you create content and you do amazing stuff like creating the freelancer magazine. Okay, so now to my next questions. You know, there are some misbeliefs in every profession and in every field. And um, in freelancing, there are some myths that are common. For example, some persons will tell you that the market is oversaturated. So what are some misconceptions and myths about freelancing that you would like to debunk? I think that freelancers have to be cheap or they have to work for free or they have to do free trials. I don't think that that is the case. And I know that people are saying that, you know, I, I think that because it feels busy, you know, it feels like lots of freelancers are entering the market that, you know, we can get involved in this kind of race to the bottom. But I actually think that sometimes being reassuringly expensive and also you would tend to attract better clients that way. If you're if you're just always trying to be as cheap as possible, you're probably going to attract clients that are only concerned about rate. They're not concerned about the quality of the work. And I think that actually it's still really easy to stand out in in this marketplace by doing a job really, really well and by having a niche. Okay, amazing, amazing. I love the point you just made now. In the world of Miko, is a freelancer we all know well on LinkedIn. So Miko would say, don't take peanuts, go for coconuts. So like, if you take the low paying jobs of some freelancers who have believed that some clients would approach you, although we have amazing clients on freelance platforms and maybe like even on LinkedIn and other freelance platforms. Some clients can be mischievous. They want you to work for free and some freelancers fall for it. So I think freelancers should place a premium on themselves and not work for free. Okay, so to my next question, as a freelance marketing strategist and writer, what are some key strategies and tips you can offer to freelancers to effectively market themselves and win new clients? I think, like I hear a lot of freelancers say they find it very hard to market themselves. And I think that one of the key things to remember is not to make it about you, but to make it about your target market. So if you're focused on the value that you can bring and the way that you can help those people, it shouldn't really feel bad. It shouldn't feel awkward. It should just feel like, you know, you have all this value to give to somebody. So if you really focus on, you know, who your dream client is, 
and what they really want, not focusing on just talking about yourself the whole time, how you can help solve their problems, then, you know, and, and doing that in your writing as well, then you will have a lot more success that way. Wow, amazing. And putting that in one word, be client-centered and not self-centered like in your approach to freelancing. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay, so now to my next question. Okay, talking about your previous work experiences, whether as a freelancer, most freelancers started from working a nine-to-five job, then maybe we make enough money from freelancing, then um, as a side also, then we're able to drop the nine-to-five for freelancing. So can you tell us a bit about your own transition from nine-to-five to being a freelancer, then to being a freelance magazine editor? Yeah, sure. I think I was talking to a friend, actually, Ross Dukes. He's on LinkedIn the other day. And he said, because he did the same, he went from employment to freelancing, and he was asked to give some advice to people who were going straight from studying to freelancing. His advice was that some way you're going to need to try and get the same experience that people got from jobs, you know, if you don't start that way. So I think some of the best experience you get is meeting people, connecting with people, the skills of relationship building. You know, you don't have to have been employed to be able to grow those skills, especially now with, you know, social media, especially now online, it's actually quite easy to be parts of communities and, and build relationships with people. Yeah, so I think certainly things like organization. Um, I think people underestimate these soft skills that you pick up from jobs, um, like relationship building, like organization, like reciprocity, just kind of like, you know, you do something for somebody and they'll do something else back to you that that kind of comes into relationship building. So I think those, you know, it's more important to also build those soft skills as well as you know, it's kind of easy to learn your hard skills, like whatever you do, design, writing, marketing, you can learn that anywhere. But Focus on the soft skills too. Okay, amazing, amazing. So that means that um, from the nine to five job, we can get some of the skills that are different from the technical skills, maybe like the writing skills, the designing skills and other skills that we use. Okay, so as a freelancer, how do we maintain a strong online presence? Because I know you have a very strong online presence on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a platform freelancers consider to be a freelancing platform. I think I had, had a video where I was talking about LinkedIn as a freelancing platform. People get money, get thousands of dollars on LinkedIn. I've gotten many jobs on LinkedIn. So how can we build a strong online presence and build our personal brands on LinkedIn and other social media platforms or online generally? My platform of preference is LinkedIn for business. And I think that it is where most people are showing up these days you know, and expecting to do business. Like, of course, if you are a photographer, maybe you're going to favor Instagram. But, you know, the way the algorithms are working these days, it's quite difficult to get as much engagement on platforms now like Instagram and Facebook, whereas the LinkedIn algorithm is still favoring organic content. So content that isn't paid for. So it's it's going to be cheaper probably to get more views via that channel. I think the number one piece of advice is just to get started and to show up consistently because the only way you're really going to learn what works and you know how to act is to spend some time on it. 
And we all have to go through that awkward phase at the beginning where we're not sure what the etiquette is. You know, we're not sure what works. Some of our posts absolutely tank. You know, they get no likes or they get one like. You just have to go through that period. I think other advice is to try and join some communities, to connect with people that you already know on there. You know, make sure you're connecting with clients that you're already working for. Make sure you're connecting with people you already know from other freelance communities. So you have this network of people that is people you know and, and just try and be yourself you know try not to act differently than you do in real life you know try and show your personality try not to be too kind of corporate or professional on there I think people appreciate it if you you're as true to yourself as you can be oh amazing amazing so I've learned a lot from what you just said one consistency we should remain consistent then two we should not chase vanity metrics when starting out on any social media platform especially LinkedIn three you don't have to be uptight you need to be your authentic self and I used to say something on this platform that your mistakes your errors your little flaws are part of your originality it's not that you should deliberately make errors but I'm saying that you don't have to imitate somebody else because they look perfect to you so make your own mistakes grow up things come in phases there would be a phase where you struggle for likes and at some point people might start connecting you would find people who can resonate with your personality better i love that thank you so much sophie for gracing the freelance spotlight today you've been an amazing guest here i would like to you like it is value all the way and i love the way you explain your point it is sweet and succinct like straight to the point like, I, I just love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your presence here.